0: SFM supported by the
1: University of Portsmouth. We are passionately Pompey. Beginnings, look forward, work together to create a Portsmouth football club that we can all be proud to be associated with. Pure, unadulterated Pompey. It's a massive club. It's a massive opportunity for me. I know this atmosphere is special. I can't wait to see a uh, full house and it rocking. Action and reaction. This is huge football club. We're
2: here to be hopefully successful. The infrastructure is changing, so really we want to start pushing forward and making Portsmouth a real force. Giving Pompey fans a voice. It's a club with a rich tradition, a rich heritage, but one that has an excellent relationship with its supporters.
0: This is the Football Hour. The one team that stands out, that's historic, that's had great success, that has a fan
3: base that is amazingly passionate, is Portsmouth. Crackers was added again on Tuesday night. Michael Jacobs influential as Pompey stepped up to the plate and claimed their first league win of the year.
4: And Jacobs has got a chance and Jacobs has scored and that's all come down to perseverance from Michael Jacobs chasing a lost cause, forcing the mistake and punishing it to the full extent and Portsmouth get their first maximum haul of the year how they needed that victory to follow up the performance they gave on Saturday.
3: As always, Pompey fans, this is the time of the week to get your thoughts across at the airwaves. Between now and seven, we'll read some of them out, but also hear what goal scorer from Tuesday night, Sean Raggett, had to say after the game.
5: They scored against a run of play and that's obviously going to give them a lift and when we saw haven't had a win in a while sometimes you've got to dig in and you saw that at Oxford on Saturday and I think you saw that again towards the end of the night here you know we dug in you know, a real deep showed some character and got the win
3: As well as him we'll take a listen to the latest interview with Blues head coach Danny Cowley who is aiming to build on that midweek win and carry some momentum over into this weekend
1: There was a lot to like in terms of the amount of chances that we created I think we can play with more rhythm than we did but certainly the confidence that we take from Tuesday will help us to do that. Good
3: evening and welcome to Express FM. You're listening to the Football Hour. This
0: is the Football Hour, 93.7 Express FM.
3: A very good evening and welcome on this Friday night to another instalment of a football hour here on ninety-three point seven Express FM, your home of passionate Pompey debate twice a week every week on the only radio station from our great waterfront city of Portsmouth. As always, Pompey fans, we are supported this season by Stagecoach across the South, and you can download their app now from both the Apple App and Google Play Store. You can locate your nearest stop and you can plan your next journey too. You can also view the latest timetables and fair updates in your area. Okay, coming up between now and seven o'clock, I'll be welcoming on two more Pompey fans to discuss the latest action from PO4, where Pompey were in action on Tuesday night, hosting a Burton Albion side on a real mixed run of form. Pompey went into the game off the back of six league matches without a victory and so desperately needed maximum points to try and kickstart their season again as the playoffs were going as far as away as possible. In fact, the Blues went into kick-off closer to the drop zone than they were the top 6. Don't forget, Pompey fans, we'd love to hear from you tonight between now and 7 o'clock, all the usual ways. 81400 is the number you need to text. Start those with the word EXPRESS. Of course, you can email into pompey at expressfm.com. You can find us on Twitter, include at expressfm within your tweets. Or you can get involved on Facebook, facebook facebook.com forward slash Pompey Live. Let us know who your man of a match from the midweek win over Burton was and also your score predictions for tomorrow's visit of Doncaster Rovers to Fratton Park. So, before I welcome in my two guests tonight, let's take a revisit of the action from Tuesday night, covered here on Pompey Live.
0: Everything we do is passionately Pompey. A wonderful goal! Every second of the action is right here. Churchon
4: scores!
0: 90 minutes of passionately
4: Pompey commentary. He's This is... You want to believe it! Pompey Live. And then we can get this game underway. Burton... Bertrand- kicking off. Danny Cowley just getting ready to start his watch on the touchline, and we are underway. We'll clear forward. It's not a great clearance, though, and it's picked up by Carter, who drives forward. The former Burton man, of course. A lovely run from Carter. Still going. Curtis in the area. Curtis! And his shot deflects wide for a corner kick. Almost a perfect start. Right, But an absolutely corner to come. Ports was fourth of the half. Deep towards the far post. heads up Raggett! Yes, it's in! Sean Raggett pass Garrett it's Jacob's delivery it's been coming from a set piece and it's the man who is so dominant in the air Sean Raggett with his second of the season fourth of one Burton nil Jacobs is trying to win the ball back and Jacobs has got a chance and Jacobs has scored and that's all come down to perseverance from Michael Jacobs chasing a lost cause Forcing the mistake and punishing it to the full extent, stabbing the ball into the bottom corner. Porter to two, Burton nil. Loose on the edge of the box and it's still there for a chance here for Burton. Shot comes in on goal and it's diverted into the back of the net. And just knew it would be Gassana had me from close range. It diverts it past Gavin Bazunu. And things will get a bit more nervy at Portsmouth here because four and a half minutes into the second half, it's Portsmouth two, Burton one. Towards the far post, heads up Ragged again, loose still in the six-yard box with Burton, they're going to get it clear. Pompey just not with a player able to force it home. Good play from Thompson. Can he set Jacobs away down the left? He can. Jacobs to cut into the area, two to aim for. Jacobs turning one way and the other. Plays the ball across, loose, Curtis, great save. Brilliant save from Garrett, diverts it over the bar corner. Whistle to his lips. Craig Hicks brings the game to an end and Portsmouth get their first Maximum haul of the year in early February. How they needed that victory to follow up the performance they gave on Saturday and they've got it.
0: Every second of the action is right here. Pompey live on Express FM with Aqua Cars.
3: The highlights there from Fratton Park from Tuesday night as Pompey finally got their win over the line, beating Burton Albion 2-1-1. On home turf, let's take a look at some of the other results from midweek. Then AFC Wimbledon nil, Rotherham one, Accrington Stanley two, Oxford United nil, Cheltenham two, Sunderland's one, Plymouth Argyle were four-one winners away to Crew Alexandra. Tomorrow's opponents Doncaster, they were one-nil uh, defeated at home to Ipswich Town, Fleetwood one, MK Dons one, Gillingham one, Cambridge nil, Lincoln City two, Morecambe one, Sheffield Wednesday beat Wigan Athletic by a goal to nil at Hillsborough. It was a nil-nil draw between Wickham Wanderers and Shrewsbury Town. And finally, at the University of Bolton Stadium, it ended Bolton 2, Charlton Athletic 1. Let's take a look at the uh, League 1 standings after those results. Then Rotherham are top of the tree on 65 points. Wigan in second, uh, nine points behind them on 56, but with three games in hand. Very, very tight between the top two. And then in third, you've got MK Dons also on 56 points, but having played four games more than Wigan, Sunderland, Oxford and Wickham Wanderers make up the rest of the playoff positions. Wickham on 53 points. Pompey move up to 11th on 41 points, now just 12 points off of the top six uh, with no games in hand, which is uh, not too pleasing on the eye for Pompey fans, but still 16 matches remaining this season to try and claw some space back the bottom four Doncaster Rovers tomorrow's opponents are rock bottom on 22 points we'll come on to those later on Crewe, Gillingham and Morecambe make up the rest of the relegation zone and because of Tuesday night's defeat Burton Albion uh, moved down to 14th position Okay, let's welcome on my two guests for tonight's discussion, Ben. And joining me here in the studio at Express HQ, delighted to welcome on Ben Chu. Ben, welcome to the show. Evening, Jake. It's great to be back on the show. Great to be talking about a win, finally, as well, Ben. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, Tuesday night represented not only uh, a win, not only the three points but Pompey were craving for so long, but a pretty decent performance,
6: too. Yeah, definitely. And there was a lot of star performances. I thought there was a few good players in there, but we'll get back onto that later on. Um, but yeah really good to get the three points and yeah hopefully we can push on from there
3: and also joining us this evening delighted to welcome joining over the phone lines it is for one and only alex fletcher alex great to have you on the board my friend.
7: hi jake thanks for having me back on
3: let's go back to tuesday night Then, of course that is the uh, main topic of discussion on offer this evening alex we mentioned there how pompey not only got the result but the performance to do let's be honest with the showing at Oxford on Saturday afternoon last weekend was a showing which ultimately deserved more than what they got, which was a defeat. Ultimately, maybe a point would have been a fair result, but you wouldn't really argue with the fact that Pompey, if they had seen out a victory at the Kassam Stadium, that would have been too unfair on the opposition. And finally, on Tuesday night, after six games without we to win, Pompey just got it over the line. And, and for quite a while, we've been saying that once we get that victory on the board and over the line, Hopefully, it'll be the kickstart to a decent little run.
7: Yeah, you you certainly hope so, considering the games we've got coming up as well. They, you know, technically seem fairly favourable in terms of trying to get a a maximum points haul. Um, The game against Oxford was a really positive performance, and I think uh, we were unlucky. Uh, I think with refereeing decisions, we were unlucky with the nature of the goals we conceded later on in the game. Um, I think really you know, we've we've left a lot of Pompey games frustrated after defeats, but actually after that one there was a, a sense of, of disappointment that we, we, we didn't get anything. We deserved it. We were back against the wall, ten added minutes, you know, with with ten men, it's never easy. But obviously Tuesday night was the big one and uh really, really pleased to get over the line with that with that victory. Um and um yeah, let's hope this kicks on now. And we've obviously bottom of the table Doncaster. It's you know, it's perhaps not as easy as it sounds, but we we've got a really good opportunity with the games coming up now to hopefully go on a little run because we need that if we have any chance of being able to still sneak into the top six this season.
3: Yeah, absolutely. And look, look at the table, Ben, 12 points off of the top six. Playoffs aren't impossible, but they are quite a stretch. And you know, 16 games to go, 12 points to make up. Again, it's not impossible. We've seen uh, more miraculous comebacks. And I always throw back to 2017. Pompey, 11 points off the top with 12 points remaining to get. And we still won the League Two title. But can you still kind of not help but feel that it is maybe too little too late now for pompey
6: yeah you could argue argue either way really um i think you're probably right maybe it is a little bit getting on a little bit too late but never say never i mean you'd like to believe that we could do it but yeah we'll have to see won't we
3: and going back to Tuesday night as well, Alex. Michael Jacobs starting once again for the Blues. Danny Carley um, admitting in one of his uh, recent interviews that the reason he hasn't started previously is because of overcoming illness and isolation started on Saturday. Oxford started again on Tuesday night, and, and really can't argue with the fact that he's probably been Pompey's best player this month, and if not for the last two or three months actually.
7: Oh, he's he's so unbelievably important to this team, and I've been saying it, you know, I'll sort of. Went to watch the uh, the game against Charleston with a fair few friends of mine at the, at the pub. And it was just so disappointing to see. But obviously, when Jacobs came on, it felt like the game was changed. And and, and it, it's no surprise with the, the fact that he scored, what, three goals in the last few games, a couple of assists as well. He is the absolute catter's because he, in my opinion, is one of the only creative mid... Well, certainly the only creative midfield player. We've got really an effective creative midfield player this season. You know, if we're trying to create it from why we're playing a wing-back system, you don't always get that width. So, it has to go through the middle. And... You know, he, he is the one providing it. He can score goals as well as create them, but keeping him fit is massive and that's obviously um that's obviously the big factor with Michael Jacobs because his fitness record, at least at Pompey, hasn't always been brilliant. Yeah.
3: And uh, look, let's let's be honest, the result may have been Questionable on, on, on Tuesday night, but I think one thing wasn't in doubt, Ben and that was Gassana had me. Um I haven't scored a, a professional goal in his career. I had half a season at Pompey on loan from Norwich City, didn't quite hit the run, hit the ground running in terms of being in a blue shirt, I had a great preseason, but in terms of you know, when it mattered the most in the league and cup, ultimately just not good enough for Danny Cowley's side. And it was just bound to happen. Tuesday night he scored the goal that just put Pompey fans on the edge of their seats a little bit.
6: Yeah, I agree. Yeah, he actually looked pretty good and I was quite impressed, actually, with his performance. But, yeah, that's usually what happens. We don't quite make it um, when they come to us, but when they go on and play for somebody else, they usually go on and have a bit of good games. But, yeah, I mean, good for him if that's, you know, that's good that he's gone on and moved to a club that he can get some game time. But, you know, I guess that's how it goes. It was so obvious that it was going to
3: happen but I actually predicted it on Pompey live on tuesday night <laughs> they've got gasana had me up top now he's never scored a professional goal and we know about gasana had me and we know what happens about strikers who leave fratton park and return they score so he will bag tonight i've got no doubt about it however positive for once i'm gonna go through a
6: 2-1 Pompey win. <laughs> you got it spot on spot on never in doubt no
3: same thing last monday as well when we played charlton well, wow. it's a 2 undefeated. That's coming 2 for or... the
6: accumulators.
3: Yeah, why not? If you want uh, Saturday night's uh, lottery numbers. <laughs> DM me. I've got him. I (laughs) will. An email here from Dave Byrne. Hi, guys. Much-needed three points on Tuesday night, even if it was uh, still a little bit unconvincing against a very average Burden side. I thought that Hayden Carter looked a very good prospect, but obviously Michael Jacobs has to play when fit. However, Tyler Walker has to improve to warrant a place in the team. I'm no expert, but in my opinion, his body language looked poor, and with a bit more urgency and intent, he would have scored a couple more goals uh, from what were very good chances. A word about the referee and linesman. If a free against Burton had been officiating against Charlton and Oxford, we would have almost certainly had another four points on the board. The, lino, uh, were, the linesmen were much sharper and accurate with offside decisions and the referee showed more common sense with the physical side of the game. Now for Doncaster, let's keep a clean sheet and score a couple of goals. 2-0 win, uh, says Dave in lists on the emails. Thank you, Dave, for your email this evening. OK, before we do go any further with the conversation tonight, we're going to go back to Tuesday night. We're going to hear the post-match thoughts of defender and goal scorer, Sean Raggett. He's here with Ollie
8: Marsh. Well, Sean, congratulations on your goal today. How nice does it feel to get on the score sheet?
5: Yeah, really good. Um, you know, a bit disappointed I've got a few more this season because I'm usually right with a few goals here and there and so hopefully now I can get, get a few more for the rest of the season. Yeah, we just spoke to the manager. He said he wants eight from you. Is that a target that you share as well? Yeah, so it's an ambitious one for sure, but, you know, I, I, I look and I, I fancy myself every game, so we'll see if we can, can get a few more, yeah.
8: How did the game feel overall? Obviously you had to dig
5: in in the second half there. Yeah, I think, you know, first half, we played really well and, you know, had a, a two-goal lead and then they scored against a runner player and that's obviously going to give them a lift and when you still sort of haven't had a win in a while, sometimes you've got to dig in and you saw that at Oxford on Saturday and I think you saw that again towards the end of the night. Here, you know, we dug in a you know, real deep, showed some character and, and got the win. Must be strange to play against Gassana me someone who you spent the first half of the season with. Yeah, you know, Gas is a great lad uh, I get on really well with him, and you know it was it was it was good uh, to play against him. And I'm pleased for him that he's he's gone there and and, and has been doing well. And you know it was but good side that we got the win for sure. Yeah, did the win tonight
8: mean a little bit more? Obviously, after the the disappointment of Saturday, where you probably deserved to come away with more than
5: you did. Yeah, definitely. That um, like said, uh, we, we we dug in real deep at that Oxford game, and, and we we're unlucky. And tonight you saw it again. I was digging in towards the end, and, and we got on the right side of it, so I'm pleased. And going forward, you've got another home game on Saturday. Do you see it as a chance to put together another little run now? Yeah, definitely. All runs have got to start from somewhere. So I think we'll take the positives out of this. We'll look how we can do better, try and put a sort of more complete performance together at the weekend.
3: The post-match thoughts of Sean Raggett speaking to Ollie Marsh on the touchline after the 2-1 win over Burton on Tuesday night. Alex, another great performance from Sean Raggett and yet again chipping in with another goal.
7: Yeah, exactly. And, And he's, you know, a lot of the time we have sort of I think perhaps he's uh, he's coming for some quite unfair criticism at times, um, but he really does knit that defence together. He's one of the solid, more solid defenders, one of the more solid centre hearts in the team. And as you say, he can pop up with goals as well, and he's really, really deadly from set pieces. I think he's probably one of the most deadly in the in, in the box. Even when corners come in, he heads them over the bar. He's always the one sort of getting up and in and around the ball. So um, I think he's an, he's an important player for us. Like I say, he's coming for a bit of stick, but I think he's proved a lot of those doubters wrong. And you know, as, as long as he keeps fit, I think that that defensive basis is, is always going to have at least you know some degree of strength mm. because he is a he's a decent defender as well as a, a good goal um, scorer of goals.
3: Sam, thank you, Ben, thank you. Stay where you are. After the break, we'll hear from Gaffer Danny Cowley, who previews tomorrow's clash with Doncaster Rovers. The Blues boss has been heaping the praise this week on the returning Marlon Romeo.
1: He's a good kid. You don't always get, you know, when they're lone players and they're coming from another club, sometimes then can be a little bit selfish and, and put themselves before the team, but not with Marlon. He's, he's always been team first and I have a lot of respect for that.
3: Stick with us here on Express FM for the continuation of tonight's show. You're listening to the Football Hour here on Express FM.
0: This is the Football Hour 93.7 express fm
3: welcome back to the show you're listening to the football hour here on express fm driven to you this season by stagecoach across the south visit stagecoachbus.com for more information on fares and timetables as well tonight i'm joined alongside alex fletcher and ben chu to review the events of tuesday night's 2-1 victory over burton albion and a little later on preview tomorrow's visit of doncaster rovers to Fratton Park. Uh, before the break, Ben, we heard an email from Dave Byrne uh, from Liss, who, who spoke about Tuesday's game. He gave a 2-0 prediction for tomorrow's match against Doncaster Rovers. But within the email read very interesting point about Tyler Walker he says Tyler Walker has to improve to warrant a place in the team he says I'm no expert but in my opinion his body language looked poor and with a bit more urgency and intent he would have scored a couple of goals uh, from what had been very good chances Ben is that a fair assessment of of what has been uh, a first month at Portsmouth Football Club for Tyler Walker
6: yeah I think I agree um I think he's not quite got you know he's not hit the ground running should we say um could be a bit more aggressive I think with the ball you know maybe sort of hold up the play like Hurst does um you know it'd be interesting to see him getting you know run into some different positions as well he kind of sometimes stays still for a little while and that's kind of not what you want to do so but yeah I think he you know if he keeps going he will eventually get that goal that he needs that could boost his confidence as well
3: yeah do you think Alex on his debut or and certainly the game against Sunderland away in particular stands out for me certainly shows to the Pompey fans a lot of what he can offer in, in terms of a difference to the likes so of John Marquis and Ellis Harrison he was chasing down a lot of balls he was getting into the right positions in, in, in actual fact probably unlucky not to get that first goal to his name do you really think it is a case of for Tyler Walker just getting that first goal under his belt to kick on a bit of confidence momentum going forward or is this simply a case of the Pompey curse yet again, of a, another striker coming to Fratton Park and just not quite working out for him? I know it's very early to judge. I'm not s- sat here saying that Tyler Walker is not going to work out for Pompey, but certainly from what we've seen so far in a goal-scoring sense, a bit hit and miss.
7: Yeah, I think I think it's the same for every every striker, isn't it? Getting that first goal is the most important thing. You know, being able to, to, to get on the score sheet, it, it's it's not just from a sort of confidence point of view, but it just lifts that weight as a weight of expectation with a striker coming into a club that they're going to score goals. Um, You know, there's obviously the the creative element of it as well. You know, we've we've got to make sure we're creating chances for these strikers to be able to score. I don't think we always did that with Marcus up front. But listen, it'll come. It has to come in time. And it's all about, I think, fans just being patient. We can't really look at it and think, oh, a few games have gone. It's a failure. You've know, you got to give it time because a lot of time you see strikers score one goal and then they go on a a really, really long streak of, of scoring because because their confidence is up and they, they feel that they're sort of in tune with the team and all those kind of things. So I think, you know, hopefully it's in, it's important that, they, um, that, that he keeps working hard and he keeps getting through in, into those positions and hopefully that goal will come at some point. If we create chances for him, then uh, I don't see any reason why he can't because he's clearly a proven finisher.
3: Yeah hopefully it does work out sooner rather than later for Tyler Walker uh, not too sure Pompey fans will be too bothered as long as the results are, uh, are coming in Ben but certainly something the Blues fans will be very um, you know, very much looking forward to in the coming weeks is the fact that Marlon Romeo is back from his ankle injury and we weren't really given a time frame uh, of when he was expected to be back just told by Danny Cowley that he had an ankle injury but he'd hopefully soon be recovering from, it didn't sound too promising but ultimately he missed one game, Kieran Freeman came in and that that one himself got injured, and, uh, and at that point it looked like we were going to hit the panic stations a little bit. But Marlon Romeo back on Tuesday night, and we heard a snippet of Danny Cowley's interview before the break. He's been heaping a lot of praise on him, and and rightfully so, because once again, continuing his, uh, you know, continuing to prove what kind of class he's got.
6: Yeah, he's been continuously good this season. Um, it was a shame to see him get injured, but fortunately, like you say, he wasn't he wasn't out for too long. Um, yeah, I mean. You know he's he's played quite well recently. I think he's probably been one of our best performers this season. So, yeah, long may it continue, and hopefully uh, can keep on kicking on from here.
3: Yeah, unaware Alex of the uh, full extent of Kieran Freeman's injury that he picked up at the Stadium Stadium last weekend. But he was unavailable Tuesday night because he came off as a concussion sub against Oxford United, and the rules dictate that he's not allowed to play um, in, in the next match. And I think that's a fair assessment of that. But Again, on the point about Marlon Romeo, certainly uh, pleased that he was back on Tuesday night, and certainly if he can carry that on between now and the end of the season, not just his defensive work rate, but his attack and work rate as well. Linking up hopefully with the new signings, we could be in for hopefully a promising end to the campaign with Marlon Romeo.
7: Yeah, you'd hope so. I think he's been one of the standout players so far for us this season, and you, know, you can't you can't ever fight his work rate. I think, I think Callie's right on what he said. Sometimes with a lone player, you can never be quite sure how much they're going to commit to the team and all that, but he seems like a a fantastic professional and a fantastic footballer, so yeah, he's going to be one of the bright sparks, I think, you know, he's showing that he stays fit and that his form continues to be strong, then yeah, he he gives us every chance in, in any game of football, I would say. Yeah,
3: And uh, Harry Jewett-White, a bit of news about him uh, during the week. He's been recalled from his loan spell at Havant and Waterlooville. He made the bench on Tuesday night, certainly just an option for Danny Cowley with a few injuries and suspensions hitting the team at the moment. Harry Jewett-White, back and available for contention, actually played on Wednesday evening at the uh, AFC Stoneham Football Complex uh, where Pompey, or Pompey eleven. Uh, beat AFC Stonham on penalties to reach the quarterfinals of this season's Hampshire Senior Cup. Alfie Bridgman on the score sheet for the Blues on Wednesday night. And speaking of Alfie Bridgman as well, uh, news coming out of today in the last couple of days, but he's close to... Hopefully sealing a loan deal away from Fratton Park to get some much-needed match day experience. Yeovil Town are reportedly been, uh, the first team interested in him. So Alfie Bridgman potentially on the radar for Yeovil Town. As soon as we hear the latest on that, we'll... Uh, try and break that as fast as we can here on Express FM. A couple of tweets coming in now. Uh, Mockers says that is a decent team picked by Scott Turnbull on Twitter, who's gone for Gavin Buzunu in goal, obviously, for tomorrow. Denver Hume, Connor Ogilvie, Hayden Carter and Marlon Romeo in a back four. No room for Sean Raggett for Scott Turnbull. Midfield two of Ryan Tunnicliffe and Louis Thompson. Michael Jacobs in a number 10 role behind George Hurst with Ronan Curtis and Marcus Harness. Either side of the wings. Now, Alex, I want to get your thoughts on that. Uh, I don't know if it's a, a predicted or a hopeful starting eleven uh, put out by Scott there on Twitter, but but no, no Sean Raggett within that one is that a
7: little bit harsh? Uh, yeah, I, I said that is quite harsh to be honest with you. I think Sean Raggett's been not. The problem is is that it's, it's tough as a centre half sometimes to be really really sort of spectacular because you're not a, you're not a flair player. You just have to be solid and you have to be able to to do a job in the team and. But for a few mistakes, which is true of any um, any player on a football pitch, he's been one of the most solid players I th- um, for Portsmouth in that starting eleven for the last few seasons. So I do think that's a bit harsh. Um, but you know, there's there's plenty of competition. Carter's come in and he's done really well so far. i I'm been really impressed by him. So. Yeah, I mean, having those players in those positions is nothing but a bit of competition in the team. Hopefully it will always improve us.
3: Yeah. And going back again to Tuesday night, the team selection for Danny Cowley. Ben, unfortunately, uh, the red card shown to Joe Morrell at Oxford uh, last Saturday. We're not going to go into the details too much on that one. We've shared our thoughts uh, I think we've done that plentiful on Monday night on the Football Hour, but unfortunately that's not been rescinded. They've, they've decided to keep that uh, as a red card. He will miss the next three games, of course, one of them including Tuesday night's uh, win over Burton Albion. So the next two matches, tomorrow against Doncaster Rovers and next Saturday, Saturday's trip to Crew Alexandra. But on Tuesday night, Danny Cowley really had to change things around a little bit with Joe Morrell's suspender. Louis Thompson, the only fit available central midfielder within the team and essentially was kind of fitting, fitting in, in in midfield three with ronan curtis and michael jacobs in a bit of a an alternative formation something something we haven't really seen lately still a back five um still um two up top as well so quite defensive but also quite attacking from danny cowley how we managed that i'm not too sure what did you make of a change it was enforced but is it something you like to see going forward
6: yeah, it looked quite good. I mean, Thompson—he had a brilliant game. I thought he had, you know he covered most of the pitch. I thought he had a really, really good performance. Um, yeah, it's it's a shame to see Joe out. Obviously, we won't go too much into that, but yeah, I think he's been one of the sort of stand-up performers again this season. You know, everyone will tell you that. Um, but yeah, Thompson filled in brilliantly, and yeah, I'd like to see him play more in the middle because I think he just yeah it fits him well.
3: How integral was uh, uh, Louis Thompson on Tuesday night, Alex? Like we just mentioned there, filling in some big boots for the suspended Joe Morrell, having to play essentially as the only recognised central midfielder. I know Renan Curtis and Michael Jacobs uh, sort of adapted that position as well. But from large courses of the game, they were advancing forward and leaving Louis Thompson back on his own to sit in front of that back three or the back five, whatever way you want to call it. How do you think he adapted to that role playing on his own?
7: I think he was really positive. I think it's the sort of role that he's suited to. Um, you know, there's a lot of confidence I think in the team when he's there, you know, to, to provide backup for that defence, to be a, uh, a sort of solid midfielder that can break up play, that can, you know, sort of intercept those attacking runs so that there's not too much pressure put on the back line. And when you do that, you then automatically have the opportunity to release other players forward. The fact that Jacobs played in the centre of midfield but was so key at the top end of the pitch says a lot about what Thompson's doing is that, you know, he knows I've got the f- I'm holding the four. Um, I'm holding things down. I'm completely comfortable in front of this back line. So you can go forward and you can create uh, create opportunities. Um, so I, th- I think that's that's what's so key in a defensive midfield, is that if you have complete confidence that other players, aren't, they don't have to then keep coming back and trying to defend because they don't have confidence in your ability. And it just makes so much more of a harmonious team performance. And I think we saw a lot more of that on Tuesday.
3: Yeah, Uh, Phil on Twitter is going for a 2 0 Pompey win against Doncaster Rovers tomorrow. Keep getting your text tweets and emails into the show. Uh, Blues fans, between now and 7 o'clock, just over 25 minutes to do that. Get your pre match uh, score predictions in, as well as who you would like to see start against Doncaster Rovers tomorrow afternoon. 81400 is our text number. Start those with the word express. You can email pompey at expressfm.com, visit facebook.com forward slash Pompey Live, or include at expressfm. On Twitter, however, before I welcome Ben and Alex back into the conversation, let's hear the pre-match thoughts of Blues gaffer Danny Cowley. He caught up with Ollie Marsh at the training ground earlier this morning.
8: Well, Danny, first of all, two games this week you've been to. First of all, the Tuesday night game against Burton and then also you were at Stoneham yesterday. What were your thoughts on the young Pompey side that reached the quarterfinals of the Hampshire Cup?
1: Yeah, it's been a football feast for me. Two two Portsmouth games and two wins. So that's, that's certainly a positive The kids did great yesterday against a strong Stoneman team. It was great to go to the game meet some of the Stoneham uh, backroom staff and, and and meet the manager and, and and also the chairman I thought they acquitted themselves superbly and it was a really competitive game ours were, we were pleased to go in 1-0 up at half time I think if we're honest Stoneham come out second half and we're in the ascendancy Toby Stewart had to make a few good saves it looked like we were going to see the game out and unfortunately just switched off with a few minutes to go and a really well worked goal by Stone meant that the game went to penalties but credit to our young players because I think the oldest player on the pitch for us would have been 18, just 18, and we held our nerve in the penalty shootout and, and got on the right side of it and, and into the next round. And just a brilliant experience for the young players to play against the senior team. And, and I'm sure you know they, they all would have taken a lot, a lot of learning from it. Because yeah, of course, a few
8: of the players who played last night are already out on loan at non-league clubs. Is that something that you're looking to do more
1: to get as many players involved in men's football as possible? Definitely. I think for us, as soon as the players are physically ready, then we should challenge them to to play senior football because they learn so much um, in the competitive nature of of men's football and, and particularly when there's three points at stake. So it's it's great for their for for their education. You know, we look at look at Harvey and look at Dan Gifford, who've been out at Bogner. How Wyatt has been out at, at Havenham Waterlooville. Louisville. And you could see that those boys in particular had really benefited from the experience of their loan. And you you could see that in their performances last night for sure. On to first team
8: matters then, Doncaster on Saturday. What do you make of them? They're obviously currently sitting bottom of the league, but they've had a, a few impressive performances of late.
1: Well, they have, not to be underestimated. Gary McSheffrey has gone in and done a done a really good job and almost galvanised them as, as a team. They've had a busy January transfer window, been able to add some real pace and athleticism at the top end of the pitch. You've only got to look at their last two away performances. they beat MK Dons and they've beaten Sunderland. Um, to know that they will, will, will be a real threat and we have to make sure that we're at our very best if, if we want to get on the right side of it.
8: And obviously going and off the back
1: of a 2-1 win on Tuesday night, is that something that you see you can build on? Without a doubt, I think we would have grown from the result. I think there's some things in the game that we did really, really well. The expected goals of over four probably could have been a little bit more ruthless and maybe would have made the game easier for ourselves. We would have found that third goal. But there was a lot to like in terms of the amount of chances that we created. I think we can play with more rhythm than we did. But certainly the confidence that we take from Tuesday will help us to do that.
8: Marlon Romeo was a doubt on Tuesday, but he made it through the game. How's he looking? Is he all good?
1: Yeah, I think Marlon, you know, you have to credit him. He was probably only 80% fit, but willing to put himself, put his body on the line for the team and put himself um, up for selection and... He's a good kid you don't you don't always get you know when they're lone players and they're coming from another club sometimes then you know can be a little bit selfish and, and put themselves before the team but not with Marlon he's he's always been team first and have a lot of respect for that
8: on the subjects of injuries uh, Kieran Freeman and Sean Williams in those have you got two long-term ones on your hands there?
1: Yeah, unfortunately it looks like that yeah whether we're see them before the end of the season time will tell but but certainly yeah not not in the foreseeable unfortunately.
8: But just in terms of the, the players that you do have available and the, the, the team selection that you make, what's the main thing that you're going to want to see from your squad tomorrow?
1: Well, I think for us, we want to play with the energy and the intensity and, and the aggression. Um, that we saw on Tuesday. I think, like I said, we can definitely improve in terms of the rhythm and the control that we had in the game. But no, for us, it was good to have sort of real dominance in terms of chances created because we looked to threat both in open play and from set pieces. I think definitely, you know, when you look at the set piece, it's the biggest threat that we've been. And I think you have to credit Michael Jacobs and the quality of his delivery. I think Denver Humi had a couple of nice free kicks as well. And I think 19 chances we created on, on Tuesday night and, and at least half for them came from either a set piece or from second phase from a set piece so that was a real positive and yeah it's just a great game for us we managed to get a win on tuesday if we can back that up and find another way of winning in what will be a really tough game on saturday then i think we earn the right to start looking up again there you go the pre-match opinions
3: of blues gaffer danny cowley speaking to Oli Marsh earlier this afternoon. Alex, uh, we've spoken already about Michael Jacobs and the incredible impact he's had on this Pompey team of late, but we haven't really spoken about the goal that, po- that, that, that put Pompey Tuno up on Tuesday night. Great bit of uh, persistency to, to chase down the ball, not give it up, and uh, a bit of lacklustre defending from a Burton angle, but like I say, Michael Jacobs with a touch of glass to chase that ball down, weave in and out of the defenders and, and get there before the goalkeeper and just poke it underneath him. A very good finish calm and composed and the kind of attitude and the kind of strength and desire you want to see from a Pompey player.
7: Exactly yeah and that's just um, a really experienced head, a man that's got a lot of quality in his play and um, I, th- I think like I say he's absolutely integral to the team, he's a really good footballer and we haven't ugh, sadly been able to see so much of that because of the uh, the uh, the injury record and things like that so um, I think, I think it, it, realistically what it's all about is um, it's, it's just making sure that, you know, you keep him fit, you keep him in the side. But you also try and get some of the other players uh, in, in the team to kind of bring up and, you know, pull their weight and things out like from a creative perspective, because you can't just rely on that one player. We can talk about him a lot, but there's, there's so much more you need to do. And I think... I think, yeah, keeping him in the team is important, but ensuring that other players uh, pull their weight as well is also just as important, I would say.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Can't, can't deny that, can you, Ben? Uh, uh, Michael Jacobs has been a great impact for Pompey recently. And look, if we're being honest, uh, if you look back at August, September time, I don't think any of us would have expected to be pinning our hopeful promotion uh, hopes on Michael Jacobs to the end of the season. Of course, that, that big transfer saga with Ipswich Town, but full credit to him. We, we spoke about it on Monday. He's come back into Beside. He's, he's fought hard on the training ground. He's shown Danny Cowley what he's about and really has been one of the stand-up performers of late but going back to Tuesday night he even kept Marcus Harness out of the team and Marcus Harness has been probably you know, the biggest outlet for Pompey this season certainly when it comes to scoring goals the top goal scorer for Pompey in the league with 10 league strikes and, and plenty of assists to go along with that as well so for Michael Jacobs not only to be performing well but to be keeping Marcus Harness out of the team it shows a lot
6: Yeah it shows the uh, attitude of a real professional and that is something we want here at the club and Yeah, for him to be keeping harness out of the squad, I mean, that's quite impressive really in some ways, um, like you say, of how influential Marcus has been over the season. Um, But yeah, Jacob's grabbing a few goals, a couple of assists along the way over the last few games. Yeah, you can't deny that he deserves to be in the team, so yeah. Let's let's keep it coming and yeah, I hope he just keeps performing the way he has been. Yeah.
3: Okay, time for a quick break now, and when we return, we'll take a closer inspection on Pompey's next opponent. We'll preview the weekend's League One action away from Fratton Park and rein in the final thoughts of you getting in touch from back home as well. So keep it ninety three point seven Express FM for the final part of tonight's show, and don't go anywhere. We'll be back in just a few moments' time. This is the Football Hour, ninety three point seven. Express FM. Welcome back for the final time tonight to the Football Hour here on Express FM. Brought to you this season by Stagecoach Across for South, getting you through Hampshire and along the South Coast with a minimum of fuss. Still to come tonight, myself, Alex, and Ben will be continuing to preview tomorrow's visit of Doncaster Rovers, and we'll gather we'll gather the final thoughts of you back home as well. If you haven't done so already, be sure to get in touch. Eight one four hundred is our text number. Start those with the word Express. You can email. Pompey at ExpressFM.com Include at ExpressFM on Twitter or find us on Facebook.com forward slash Pompey live. It is time now to take a look across enemy lines and see what Doncaster have got to offer this weekend. Take it
2: away, Mason Jordan. Straight back into the thick of the action for Pompey this weekend following a long-anticipated victory on Tuesday night. The challenge next for Danny Cowley's side doncaster rovers pompey live this week's opposition the blues are finally back to winning ways after that 2-1 victory over burton albion at fratton park in midweek and they're back on home turf this weekend too aiming to record back-to-back league victories for the first time in two and a half months let's take a dive into the names and numbers behind the threat to be posed towards pompey this time around Here's an insight into a severely underperforming Donny team. Manager English football journeyman and former Doncaster winger Gary McSheffrey is now in charge of the side, succeeding previous boss Richie Wellens back in December. The 39-year-old was appointed permanently at the Keep Moat on December the 29th, 27 days after Wellens was relieved of his duties, with the club continuing to fight at the wrong end of the table. This is McSheffrey's first managerial gig, having only retired as a player in 2020 whilst representing non-league outfit Rossington Maine. Since initially taking charge on an interim basis, he has recorded three wins and nine defeats from 12 matches, occurring a win percentage of just 25%. One to watch. Usually, we would pick out attacking midfielder Fajiri Oknabiri as Donny's player to keep an eye out on. However, in typical Pompey fashion it would be wrong to ignore a former blue striker among the opposition ranks again. Jordi Huula, who appeared just nine times in the league for Pompey last campaign without scoring a goal, now represents Doncaster Rovers. The 27-year-old former Fleetwood and Coventry forward penned a two-year deal at the Keep moat following the expiration of his Blues contract last term, but has scored just one goal in three league appearances for his new side. After Gaston Ahadmi scored his first ever goal in English football against Pompey on Tuesday night, having tried and failed for the Blues on a number of occasions whilst on loan from Norwich in the first half of the season. Season, it would be just typical for the same thing to happen this weekend.
0: Top scorer.
2: Doncaster's leading scorer on right now is midfielder Tommy Rowe who has found the back of the net four times in the league this season. The 33-year-old is currently enjoying his third spell at the club, having previously spent half of the season on loan in 2016 before signing permanently in the summer of that same year. Rowe then left for two seasons, playing his trade in midfield for Bristol City, but returned after his contract expired at Ashton Gate toward the end of last season. If you're heading to Stratton Park to watch the game, or tuning in on iFollow, Tommy Rowe will be the player wearing the number 10 shirt for this week's opposition. The last five games for Doncaster have been somewhat better than usual, they've managed two victories in that time, though also three defeats. Those two wins come away to MK Dons and Sunderland. Both places Pompey have failed to pick up any points this season. Regardless of those victories, Donny remain rooted in the foot of the table, sat at 24th with just 22 points on the board. 8 points behind Wimbledon in the last remaining safety position The reverse fixture at the Keepmoat Stadium ended in a 0-0 draw That was Pompey's fourth league match of the season and the first time they have failed to see out a game and secure maximum points, having won three on the trot to start the campaign Can the Blues record back-to-back league wins for the first time since November or will they be frustrated by the bottom of the league Doncaster All of the unmissable action on Pompey Live
3: Thank you to Mason Jordan there for providing a little bit uh, more of an insight into Doncaster Rovers there, tomorrow's opponents at Fratton Park. Ben, bottom of the table, Doncaster Rovers, a very poor start to the season really haven't really recovered either certainly one of those names you look at, at the start of every campaign as potentially playoff contenders in League One like I say really poor start to the season under Richie Wellens he's now gone they've got a new new guy in Gary McSheffrey. two wins in the last five games three defeats they have beaten MK Dons and Sunderland along the way at the moment a bit of an un- unpredictable team
6: yeah they're certainly not one to be uh, underestimated that's for sure um, like you say two decent wins against MK Dons and Sunderland Um, shock results really you know if you look at their form and everything with six wins in the whole season it's quite unbelievable they've picked up two in such a short space of time but yeah like I say nothing to stop them coming to Fratton Park and causing some trouble So, so yeah we'll have to see what happens tomorrow
3: yeah. and despite their league position alex uh, rock bottom in the table at twenty two points eight points away from safety. We went to moat Stadium early this season, albeit right at the start of the campaign fourth game of the season for Pompey after three consecutive victories to start the season. It was a nil nil draw uh, back uh, at the end of august and Doncaster always a difficult place to go but can you feel that perhaps on home turf, with the momentum from Tuesday's victory over Burton, a little bit more of a feel-good feel factor around Danny Cowley's side? Do you think that the tale might be a bit different this time around?
7: Well, you'd certainly hope so. You'd certainly hope that at home you'd uh, you'd have more of the ball, have more possession, uh, be more creative going forward. The thing is, I mean, with with league positions, in League One it is very false. I think it's one of the most false leagues, actually, in, in the EFL, in terms of your in terms of your league positioning. So, it's going to be a tough game. We have to approach it like that. We, we can't go into the game as fans or as players or whoever it may be uh, thinking that, that it's a foregone conclusion that we're going to get a victory. We, we need to, to just go out there and, and do exactly what we did on Tuesday, keep the press high, control the game, uh, create chances, and, and we should come through fine. I mean, you would certainly hope. Um, I mean, we would have won that game at Doncaster uh, if... Um, if Williams were able to put the penalty away. So, you know, on another day, that, that we go, go up there and get a victory. So, you never know. But I'm, I'm feeling confident, especially after Tuesday and, indeed, the game against Oxford
1: yeah
3: we'll come on to the, the the team predictions and the score predictions in a few moments ben but looking at looking at it, you know extensively into Doncaster Rovers we talk about Fajiri Okunabiri uh, always a bit of a threat when he comes down to Fratton Park and a, a decent mm-hmm. little player as well and not just for Doncaster Rovers but for previous sides like, like Coventry as well in league one Tommy Rowe their top goal scorer he's uh He's probably their most experienced player at the moment and probably the kind of leader in the team. He's only got four goals this season, but still their top goal scorer. So so them two are threats, but you also look at some former Pompey players because whenever they come back to Fratton Park, they always like to put on a bit of a show. Ben Close and Jordi Hawula. Now, Ben Close, we expect to be up with an injury. He's missed the last couple of games. Jordi Hawula has also missed uh, the last couple of games. He's uh, only played three league matches this season for Doncaster Rovers, but... If we're expecting Geordie Houla potentially to be on the recovery trail with Doncaster, needing goals, needing victories, potentially might see him within the match day eighteen tomorrow. We're not entirely sure on that. But like you go back to Tuesday night, Gassan I had me not scored a, a goal prior to that one. You just know if Geordie is playing, he's probably gonna score.
6: Yeah, you can't write off these ex Pompey products, can you? Um, like you say, Gassan came along and played well on Tuesday night, but yeah, it'd be typical for Houla to come along and put on a bit of a show on on well tomorrow even but yeah we'll have to see um but yeah i think Doncaster as a whole they've kind of lost their shape since they lost Coppinger um he was kind of their main man wasn't he so but yeah i think that might be what they're missing out on the this season so but yeah, they may pick up a bit of form eventually, but who knows?
3: Lost their shape since uh, James Copp and Gillette probably lost a fair few goals as well since John Marquis left uh, a couple of seasons back for Pompey. Now, of course, John Marquis at Lincoln City. And uh, Alex, uh, easy to kind of underestimate a side like Doncaster Rovers, given their league position, given their mixed bag of form, given the fact Pompey are on home turf and off the back of a, uh, a victory on Tuesday night. However... it's important, like Danny Cowley said within his interview, that despite the fact there's a lot of positives to take from that midweek win over Burton, not to not to underestimate the Doncaster Rovers and just kind of remain complacent that there's only one win out of the last seven matches for Pompey. It, it's still a, a, a poor run of form in the grand scheme of things. There's still a long way to go this season still plenty of points to make up for as well. Doncaster Rovers have got the, you know, their tails between their legs. They've got a couple of wins under their belt and they will feel that survival is certainly possible this season. So for Danny Cowley's side tomorrow, certainly another hard task.
7: Oh, exactly. Yeah, I mean, listen, we, we we are in no position in the league this year, in particular, to um to be thinking in any way, shape, or form about complacency of victories because we've not exactly been the most consistent team ourselves. So, um, in reality, what we need to do is is just go out there and treat it like any other game. We go out there to win. We go out there with the intention to win. We don't underestimate underestimate Doncaster in any way, shape, or form because you know they'll be thinking. Oh, I know that well, you know, Pompey have beaten Burton but they haven't won in their previous six, so they'll be fancying themselves. I'll say after a couple of good performances, going and getting a victory at Stadium of Light will give them all the confidence to come down to Fratton Park. We need to be able to deal with that. It's it's, uh, it's just... It's a big game for us. It's a big game for them because we need to get points on the board if we're to keep our season alive. It's a game that we feel we should be winning, but we in no way can be complacent, certainly not after the season we've been having.
3: In terms of uh, a team lineup for tomorrow, Ben, is it as simple as not changing a winning side just kind of keeping with the same sort of start, starting eleven, but that played on Tuesday night against Burton
6: I'd just probably stick with what we had I mean I think it worked well I think Thompson in the middle that we spoke about earlier I thought he played really well keep Jacobs in um, and yeah I think overall it worked quite well and like you say it's a winning side so it's probably best not to tamper with that
1: Another point
3: before we go. We spoke uh, earlier in the show about Marlon Romeo playing and recovering from that injury on Tuesday night. And we're hearing as well that Marlon Romeo played that game uh, whilst only between 70 and 75% fit. Uh, So certainly a player committed because and certainly a player who wants to give his all for his Pompey team and that's what we want to see Gavin Jones on on the emails uh, good evening gents well Michael Jacobs is incredible and water is wet so I'm so glad we managed to keep hold of him the great news for me personally is that I'll be back at the park tomorrow after being locked away with Covid for the last two games and I cannot wait do you think it might be time to reintroduce Marcus Harness and maybe give uh, Aidan O'Brien a start my personal lineup would be 3-4-1-2 Carter, Raggett, Ogilvy romeo thompson jacobs and hume harness in behind curtis and o'brien going for a 3-0 pompey win take care gents thank you gav jones on the emails and a final one here uh, from alan swift uh, hi guys and to think that danny cowley was about to transfer michael jacobs to ipswich thank you cookie thank you paul cook alan Salsey, thank you very much and what a great way uh, to end the show paul cook actually back managing chesterfield in the National League. That one was announced a couple of days ago. What a coup for Chesterfield. OK, let's get those uh, all-important score predictions in then. Uh, Alex Fletcher, what are you going for this weekend, mate?
7: I'm going to con- uh, concur with some of our listeners, and I'm going to say 2-0 Pompey.
3: And Ben, what do you think the scoreline will read come 5 o'clock tomorrow?
6: Yeah, like I say, don't underestimate Doncaster. I think I'm going to go for 2-1. 2-1 2-1
3: Pompey I mean. 2-1 Pompey yeah. oh, I hope so Yeah. Uh, cheers lads uh, I think after Tuesday's win and uh, I'm getting a few predictions right lately I think we'll back it up again this weekend uh, 2-0 to Pompey well that is uh, just about all we've got time for tonight I'm afraid I'd like to once again extend my thanks to my two guests tonight uh, Alex Fletcher a pleasure as always to have you on tonight
7: thank you so much Jake it's been great fun
3: have a great weekend take care whatever you're doing Stay safe. I
7: shall. <laughs> I shall.
3: And Ben Chu here in the studio with me this evening. Ben, have a good weekend yourself. We'll hear from you again soon. And thanks for joining us.
7: Yeah,
6: absolutely. No problem. Great to be back on. So, yeah. And you enjoy the game. Certainly will do. Certainly will indeed. Hopefully,
3: another three points for Pompey. Hopefully, the Blues can uh, maintain their promotion push. A long way to go and a lot of points to make up for. Now, 12 points behind the top six. Three points tomorrow would do Danny Cowley's side a world of good. Okay, the next up for Pompey, bottom of the pile, Doncaster Rovers, they're in town. Can Pompey make it back-to-back league wins for the first time since November the 27th? Will it be the visitors coming away from PO4 with all three points this weekend? Andy Moon and Guy Whittingham will provide the commentary tomorrow afternoon from Fratton Park. And whatever happens, we've got you covered here on Express FM. Do join us and don't miss a second of the action tomorrow afternoon from 2 o'clock.
0: All the unmissable action. This is
8: Pompey Live. Pompey have their first league win of 2022.
4: Whistle to his lips. Craig hits, brings the game to an end. And Portsmouth get their first maximum haul of the year.
8: Next up, bottom of the league, Doncaster Rovers make the trip
4: down south to Fran Park. Join us for all of the unmissable action Saturday from 2.
0: Pompey Live on Express FM with
4: Aqua Cars.
3: Well, like I say, that is just about all we've got time for here on the Football Hour this evening. Thank you once again to Alex Fletcher and Ben Chu, my guests for this evening's show, for joining me uh, all the way from 6 o'clock through till 7 for an hour of Pompey discussion where we reviewed uh, Tuesday's 2-1 victory over Burton Albion and took a look ahead to tomorrow's visit of Doncaster Rovers. If you missed any of tonight's show, you can listen back to it from 4 a.m. tomorrow morning if you're awake at that time, or you can simply download it from our website, expressfm.com forward slash podcast or the Apple or Google podcast app that will be uploaded within the next 30 to 40 minutes or so. Okay, coming up here on Express FM tonight, looks like this. Uh, Connor Mosley is back after the news at seven with Express Floor Fillers. You're once again invited as a VIP to Portsmouth's biggest party on a Friday night. And then from 11 through to the early hours of Saturday morning, non-stop Express Floor Fillers. Like I say, tomorrow morning, 4am, a a, uh, replay of tonight's show, The Footblower, if you missed any of it. From 8am, Ian McGuinness is back with Saturday Breakfast with the news, weather, travel and sport updates 4 from 40 from 1994 and a movies update with John Brown as well Lily Park is back from 11 through till 2 with your guilty pleasures, great music and a tiny quiz about the week's news and then myself and Connor Mosley are back with Pompey Live from Fratton Park 2 o'clock for the visit of Doncaster Rovers have a great weekend and stay safe Good night.